When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Lillian Randolph was a singer and actress most famous for her role as Annie in the film It's a Wonderful Life, and as the voice of Mammy Two-Shoes in the Tom and Jerry cartoons. She was a prolific actress, appearing in dozens of movies between 1938 and 1979, and hundreds of radio shows between 1935 and 1956. She was also a blues singer, and she also appeared on numerous television shows in the 50s through the 70s. Some of her most memorable radio roles were as Beulah on the show of the same name, until 1953 when her sister Amanda took over, and of course as Bertie on The Great Gildersleeve, and also as Madam Queen on Amos and Andy. When she heard about the audition for The Maid on Gildersleeve, she ran to NBC, ran down the hallway, and then fell flat on her face when she opened the door to the audition room. She laughed as she got up, and it was that famous laugh of hers that got her the role. She also played Bertie in the TV version of the show. She died in 1980, aged 81. Now sit back and enjoy the October 5th, 1941 and November 1st, 1950 broadcasts of The Great Gildersleeve, starring Lillian Randolph. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> Each week at this time, Kraft presents from Hollywood, California, Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. We'll hear from The Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, here's something I'd certainly be puzzling about if I were a housewife these days, and that's the problem of how to serve my family all the wholesome, nutritious foods they need and still keep within my budget. Well, here's one way to help solve that problem, and it's a mighty pleasant way, too. Yes, for nourishment your family needs, and for flavor they're sure to like. Serve them delicious, economical parquet margarine, made by Kraft. You see, parquet margarine is a highly nutritious food that's one of the best sources of food energy. And to parquet's natural wholesome goodness, Kraft adds vitamin A, 9,000 units to every single pound. But rich food value isn't all. Important, too, is parquet margarine's flavor, that delicate, appetizing taste that makes it the favorite of thousands of families for table use, for seasoning, for baking, and for pan frying. Just one taste will tell you about parquet's flavor. So why not try delicious parquet margarine tomorrow? Yes, ask your dealer for parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. <laughs> And now let's visit our friend, the great Gildersleeve. Uh, don't eat your luncheon so fast, Leroy. Yes, Leroy. Where do you think you're going in such a hurry? To a fire. Uncle Mark gave me a quarter to burn my leaves. Yes. Say, leaf burning might be a good business for me to go into. Better get outside, Leroy. There's a wind coming up and you're liable to blow your business right down the street. Okay. Hey, did anybody see my sweater? Excuse me while I take this photo. Yeah. Hello, buddy. Yes, Mr. Bill. Just finishing lunch. Uh, come on in, Judge. Thank you. Well, hello, Ted. Uh, hello, Judge Hooker. This is an unexpected pleasure. Would you gentlemen care to indulge in a cup of coffee? No, no, only going to stay a moment. Mr. Wills and I have a little matter we want to discuss with you, Gildersleeve, in confidence. Oh, surely, surely. Let's go into the library. Thank you. 
Well, Leroy, what are you looking for? My sweater. I left it here somewhere. Yes, on my moose head. That's no place for a sweater. I put it in your room. Thanks. Oh, hi, Judge Hooker. Hello, Ted. Hi, Leroy. Hey, who do you think's going to win the game tomorrow? Leroy, we've got some business to talk over. Now, please imitate a priority and make yourself scarce. Uh, 23 skidoo. 23 skidoo? Yes, scram. Uh, oh, I get you. 23 skidoo. Must be a new kind of jive. Wait till I swing that one on the jive. Yes, jive. Well, now that we're alone, let's get to the point. Yes, let's get right to the point, Judge. Uh, what is the point? Well, Ted tells me that you're interested in civic and municipal affairs. Yes, I am. It was Thomas Jefferson who said... Or was it Benjamin Franklin? No, it was Thomas Jefferson who said... What did he say? Well, whatever it was, you can be sure it was right to the point, Judge. <laughs> We've got an organization here in Summerfield, Gildersleeve, known as the CGA. Yeah. We strive to make our city a finer and cleaner place to live in. And now that you've become a resident of Summerfield, we want you as a member. Well, uh, that's a great honor. I, I'm not sure that I deserve it, Judge. By the way, what is the CGA? Uh, the Clean Government Association, T.P. Oh. I suggested that you were just the man to add the proper weight. Huh? Uh, I mean the proper weight in the right place. Right place, yeah. We want you to head the committee investigating conditions at our city jail. Oh, well, city jail, eh? Well, well thanks. What's wrong down there? If I told you what's going on, it'd make your mustache curl. Uh, yeah, the place can't hold on to its guests. What's the trouble? Poor service? No. Prisoners keep escaping. Turnover is suspiciously high. Oh. We're getting ready to demand a cleanup. We want to get rid of the jailer. Everybody says he's made the place what it is. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he's created quite a stir. <laughs> but we've got no evidence that we can put before the grand jury. Oh. We need the testimony of a reputable citizen who can gather the facts secretly. Well, now, how could we do that? Uh, one of our members offered to have himself arrested on some minor charge just so that he could get inside information. A uh, splendid idea. Yeah, it would have been, except everybody knows him. The jailer and his gang is smell a rat. Oh. In fact, all our members are prominent, well-known citizens. Oh, that's too bad. Would have been a peachy plan. Well, if there was some good, substantial citizen who was new here in Summerfield. Yes, who wouldn't be recognized when he broke some petty law and landed in jail. Oh, that's right. A new man. A very excellent... Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> I can see what's coming. I'm the guy you're leading up to. I won't do it. Pull your chin in, Gildersleeve. Uh, I'm disappointed in you. I thought you were going to be a useful citizen. But I don't like jails. What's wrong with them? I don't want to find out what's wrong with them. For one thing, they're too confining. They give me claustrophobia. Oh, poppycock. That's just your imagination. It is not. I've got claustrophobia so bad I can't even wear a double-breasted vest. But you're you're just the man we need. Where else can we find someone with your alertness and intelligence and daring? No place. Thanks for the compliment, Ted. I appreciate the honor, too. But no matter how thin you slice it, it's still 30 days in the clink. <laughs> oh, what's the use, Ted? He's all bull and bellow. No beef and brawn. No, look here, you. One more crack like that, and I'll fracture your skull with a hot marshmallow. Gildersleeve, you couldn't fracture a poached egg without getting winded. Why, you little legal linthead, I've got a good idea. Oh, you haven't had a good idea since you put on long pants. That settles it, Ted. Don't hold me back. I'm good. Gentlemen, please, please. This is a meeting about law and order. Well, just because he's the law, he can't order me around. I'm not... I am not trying to order you around, Gildy, old man. Oh, so now I'm an old man, am I? Stop acting like a baby. Yeah, I did. If you had any gumption, you'd help us clean up this town, Gildersleeve. It could lead to a long and honorable civic career. Yeah. Someday they'd put your statue in the park. Yeah? Who knows? Maybe they'd even name the park after you. Think of it. The Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve Memorial Park. Memorial Park? You quit burying me. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> But this plan is foolproof, T.P. The minute you have all the evidence, let us know, and Judge Hooker will get you out of jail with a writ of habeas corpus. Sure. You see? Oh, will you do it? What do you say, T.P.? Well, I didn't know about that, the habeas, about that. Then you'll do it? Well, if, if I really can make this town a cleaner, finer place to live in, yes. Ooh, what am I saying? I knew he'd do it, Ted. Well, what's our first move? Gildy's got to get himself arrested for some minor offense. Now, let's see. What could he do? I know. Go downtown, Gildersleeve, and pick a fight with a policeman. Talk back. Make him mad. Sass him. Say, that's something I've always wanted to do. <laughs> Sass a cop. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Better pick a small cop. Oh, yeah. Well, if everything's settled, I'll drive you home, Judge. Uh, all right now, boys. And don't forget, Hooker, when I give the CGA the SOS, 
You get me out, PDQ. Well, children, how do you like your uncle's new fall outfit? <gasps> Why, Uncle Mort? He looked like a tramp. Yeah, well, what's the idea of the dark glasses? I'm going downtown to have myself arrested. What's the matter? Who's a bet on the Dodgers? You. No, Leroy. I'm only doing this to help make Summerfield a finer, cleaner place to live in. Not going to jail? Yes. Uh, don't tell a soul, but I'm going there to investigate conditions for the Clean Government Association. Oh, I didn't understand. Yeah. Well, don't you get it, sis? Hunk something like a G-man. Yeah. Oh, boy, wait till I tell the gang. Leroy, if one word leaks out about this, I'll be thrown right out of jail. Well, gee, Uncle, I wouldn't want that to happen. Yeah. Uh, I'll keep quiet, but I still don't understand why you're wearing those... Terrible-looking old clothes. Yeah, boy, is that a corny outfit. It's a disguise, Leroy. Do you like it? It's an old sack suit. Sack suit, huh? Looks like I forgot to take out the potatoes. Yeah. Well, it's seven or eight years old, Leroy. I wonder if suits fitted tighter then or if I've expanded. You shouldn't wear those pants, Uncle Moore. Huh? You can't stand up in jail all the time. Yeah. Excuse me, Miss Mark. Who that man? What you want with these children? Go where you train. Uh, take it easy, Bertie. It's me, uh, Mr. Gildersleeve. You sure? Why, of course. Well, you done frightened me from here to Christmas. What you doing dressed up like a scarecrow, only not so skinny? <laughs> well, well, Bertie, the truth of the matter is... Oh, oh don't tell her, Uncle Moore. You know how women are. They can't keep a secret. Yeah. She'll be telling it all around town before you even get to jail. Jail? Who's we'll going to jail? You, oh. Mr. Gildersleeve? What for you going to the pokey? The pokey? <laughs> what did I tell you? She's starting to broadcast already. Leroy, you spill the beans yourself. What beans? Now, what's going on around here? Oh, Margie will explain to you later, Bertie. And meanwhile, if you just keep quiet and don't mention this to anybody, I'll be able to get any jail without any trouble. You will? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things I could say at this point, but I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Oh, run along, Bertie. I'll try to explain to you later on. If I ever find out myself. Yeah. Okay, but I've got a feeling in my bones and it ain't rheumatism. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think, children? Do I look shabby enough? Sure, you look pretty good. Uh, that is, pretty bad, pretty good. Uh, don't you think so, Marge? Well, I don't know. There's something that doesn't quite fit in with the rest. Hmm? Oh, oh, yes, your mustache. That's it. Now, see here, Marjorie. I'm not going to shave off my mustache, even if it means I won't be able to get into that jail. Oh, you needn't shave it. Just trim it a little so it won't look so dapper. No, no, oh, no. Yes, now, come on. Here's a pair of manicures. Nothing doing, Marjorie. Don't you here dare touch a hair. Hold his head, Leroy. Okay, sis. Hold still, Uncle. Oh, Leroy, stop that. Quick. Cut out, children. Hold on. It's taken me years to stop, Marjorie. You'll ruin the shape. Hold still, Uncle. Stop it. Leave my mustache alone. Oh, that's my nose you're trimming. Everything all right, Uncle Moore? Well, my upper lip was kind of cold. Keep it stiff, Uncle. It looks great. Yes. Uh, hey, is it all right if we stick around and watch you get arrested? I should say not. I wouldn't have even let you drive me downtown if that conductor hadn't thrown me off the streetcar. Say, how do you plan to get arrested, Uncle Moore? Huh? I hope you're not going to do anything against the law. Well, nothing really bad. I'm just going to tease a cop. <laughs> well, I have fun getting that cop mad. Hey, Uncle Moore, huh? stop. I see a policeman. Where? Coming down the street. See him? Boy, is he a big guy, too. Hey, Uncle Moore, you're not stopping. No sense in taking just the first policeman, you see, Leroy. <laughs> cool. What's wrong with this one? Well, I'd kind of like to shop around for a little one. Uh, for a little while, I mean. <laughs> but you know how hard policemen ought to find when you want one? Huh? Now's your chance. Gee, Uncle, ain't you gonna? Well, all right, if you insist. Come on, Uncle. Uh, don't rush me, young man. Well, what are we waiting for? Well, I, I just don't know how to begin this. Why don't you just bump into him? Look how big he is. There wouldn't be any fun in that. Then step on his corn. Yeah, step on his corn. That's like putting one foot in the grave. Hurry up before he passes, huh? Now, quit pushing me out of the car, Leroy. Now, stop that. Uh, say, look where you're going, you. You stepped right on my foot. I did, officer? Well, why don't you keep those big, uh, flat feet out of my way? They are big, aren't they? Huh? <laughs> yes. Yes, they are big. And uh, clumsy, too. That's true. You know, I have the worst time with them. 
Especially when I dance. Yeah. I'm not interested in your waltzing dogs. Now, out of my way before I get tough. Well, don't, don't shout. I've got a splitting headache as it is. Oh, you have? Uh, I'll shout if I want to. Yes, by George, I'd like to see you stop me. Now, really, really, mister, if you're going to create a disturbance, I'm not going to stand here and take it. You're not, eh? Uh, what are you going to do? I'm going home to bed. Oh! <laughs> Wait a minute, aren't you going to arrest me? Oh, oh no, no. As a citizen no. and taxpayer, I insist on being arrested. Well, in that case, you'd better find a policeman. Yes. Aren't you a policeman? Don't tell a soul, but I'm just getting home from a masquerade ball. Oh! Hey, everyone, here we are. Oh, I wish you two children would stop following me around. You're just a jinx. Oh. No matter what I try, I can't get myself arrested. Well, um... Did you walk on the grass in the park and pick the flowers like I told you to do? Yes, but that didn't work. Well, you should have waited till you saw a policeman. I did, and all he did was wink at me. How about jaywalking? No arresting people for that these days. I tried jaywalking right on a busy street. What happened? A couple of big trucks just missed me and ran into each other. And the officer didn't arrest you? No, he was too busy separating the truck drivers. <laughs> I even tried to steal a mounted policeman's horse. That should have landed you smacking the hoods out. Well, it would have, except this was a burglar-proof horse. What do you mean? He just sat down in the gutter and refused to move. <laughs> Maybe you better give up, Uncle Moore. No, sir. I'm just as stubborn as the police department. I'm going to jail this afternoon if it takes me all night. Unc, I've been thinking. I know it'll do the trick. It, what is it, my boy? What is it? You see that pile of bricks? The bricks? Yes. And see all the pretty straw windows? Oh, Leroy, I don't want to hurt those shopkeepers. Okay, then. How about that row of empty stores across the street? You couldn't hurt anybody there. You're a bright boy, Leroy. Now, you children go back to the car and pretend you don't know me. All right. So long, Uncle Moore. I hope you make it this time. Yeah, thanks. Uh, better take an arm pull in case I miss. Well, here goes. <laughs> it doesn't seem to attract any attention. I better try again. What kind of a neighborhood is this? Well, I'll wake him up this time. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Uh, what's wrong, Marjorie? Look at the signs in those windows you broke. Signs? Where? Oh, yes. These stores for rent by the Forester Estate. Brockmorton P. Gildersleeve agent. Oh, my. Now, go on, Uncle. Here comes the guy. Huh? Do as I told you, and I can't keep you out of the coop. Oh, but this is ridiculous, Leroy. I'm a little embarrassed. I'll get stage fright. Well, you said it was for a worthy cause. I'll be waiting, huh? Uh, oh, I, I don't like this. Uh, excuse me, buddy, but could you spare a dime for a worthy cup of coffee? Why, sure, pal. I've been up against it myself. Here's a quarter. Oh. That's all right. Keep it up. Sooner or later, somebody's going to complain to the cop on the corner. Oh, to think. A hustling handouts on the highway. Here comes another customer, Uncle Moore. Okay. Makes me feel like a cat. <clears throat> Pardon me, lady, but could you spare a dime for a cup of coffee? Why, you poor man, I'll do better than that. I'm going to take you to the nearest restaurant and buy you a nice hot meal. But, madam, I've had my luncheon already. I just forgot to drink my coffee. No, Leroy, I simply refuse to ask another person for another dime for another cup of coffee. Why, I've collected over $7 already. Here. To give it to some worthy charity. Start a fund to buy glasses for nearsighted policemen. What are you going to do now? I'm giving up. I never knew it would be so hard to get yourself arrested. Come on. Your sister's waiting in the car. Oh, well, look, that lady dropped her purse. Hand it here, Leroy. Uh, thanks. Which lady was it, Uncle? The one with the hat like a waffle. Uh, hey, lady! Uh, Leroy, you go to the car while I run ahead and give it back to her. Uh, lady! Oh, oh, lady! Uh, uh, lady! Oh, lady! Uh, uh, lady, I've been whistling at you for a block. I heard you. How dare you follow me? I wasn't following you. I was trying to catch you. Oh, what? Here's your purse, lady. You dropped it back there. I did not. But I thought I saw you. I have my purse right here in my hand. What? That was just an excuse to stop me and try to flirt, you masher. Masher? Who, oh, lady? Yes, yes. A girl isn't safe anymore with wolves like you roaming the street. Wolves? No, see here. I wish there was a policeman around. I'd teach you a lesson. Quiet, lady. You're attracting a crowd. Why, you ought to be ashamed. Whistling and shouting at a poor girl. Girl? You wouldn't be so bold and sassy if my brother-in-law was here to protect me. Oh. Oh, my God. Excuse me, lady. Uh, 
Maybe I can help you. Quiet, quiet, please, quiet. Yes, quiet. What's wrong? This man is bothering me. I am not. Move on, bum. You're bothering the lady. Well, I just ran after her. It bothered her. Now run away. But I want to give her this purse. I don't want your old purse. My purse? She says she don't want your purse. Now beat it. All right, mister. If you... Wait a second. Who are you to tell me I should beat it? I'm a deputy sheriff, see? Now, if you don't want to be pulled in for mashing... But I swear... I... Huh? Oh, is this your purse? Well, I thought it belonged to the other lady. Stealing oh, <laughs> ladies' pocketbooks, too, huh? Huh? Now I got you on two charges. Mansion and purse snatching. Oh, but I tell you, Deputy, I'm innocent. Oh, yeah? Come on now, Fatty. Let's get down to the sheriff's office. Well, I just saw it lying there on the sidewalk, mister, and I thought that... Are you coming quietly, or do I have to drag you to jail? I won't come quietly. You can't make me... If... What? You're going to take me to jail? You catch on fast. Well, why didn't you say so? Come on, come on, come on. I just can't wait till we get there. <laughs> in here, Fatso. If that's all. Come on, step in there. You think I'm going to carry you across the threshold? No, no. I'll walk. <laughs> But you got a roommate. Show this guy the ropes. Sure. Well, make yourself at home, Bunky. What's your name? Uh, Gildersleeve. Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Boy, did you pick yourself a phony moniker. Uh, what? Nobody'd ever believe that one. But I assure you, sir, that's my name. Uh, look here, Spud. I don't want to stay around here a moment longer than I have to. Who does? <laughs> How's their chances of getting out? I don't know. You got a good lawyer? No, no, no. I mean, how's, how's chances of escaping? You mean take it on the lamb? Well, if you want to be technical, yes. Uh, not a chance in the world, Funky. This joint is airtight. Shh. But I've heard otherwise. Yeah, uh, sure. So did I. But I'm still here. What? Why, I bet I tried everything. And I know all the tricks. Shh. You do? Yeah. That's why I'm here. Oh. On account of busting out of all the other joints. But I was told that lots of you robber chaps got free. Then somebody gave you a bum steer, pal. Huh? Why, this is the place that gave him the idea for Alcatraz. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Nobody's ever cracked this jug. Oh, I can hardly believe that. Oh, no? Huh? Well, I'll show you. Hey, deputy. Oh. Yeah? What is it, Spud? Anybody ever escaped out of this cooler? No, nobody's ever escaped out of this cooler. Oh. Hey, Gildersleeve. Oh, uh, yes, sir? You got visitors. Oh, thank you. Come on. Fine mess Judge Hooker and Ted have gotten me into. The hot cooler. Oh, oh, oh. oh uh, hello, children. Are you all right, Uncle? Gee, you made it after all, didn't you, Uncle? How did you manage to do it? Oh, it's a long story, Marjorie. Remind me to tell it to you some cold winter night when we've got nothing better to do. Now, I want you to get a hold of Ted and Judge Hooker. Yes? Tell them that their information was all wrong. Nobody's ever escaped out of this cooler. You mean you're just wasting your time? That's it exactly, Roy. Now, you tell them to get me out of this rabbit hutch quick like a bunny. Uh, let me talk to Judge Hooker, please. This is Ted Will speaking. Oh, sorry, Mr. Will. He just left. Oh, I see. When'll he be back? Well, in about a week, he said. What? A, a week? Uh, he can't do that. Oh, yes, he can. He's just gone to New York on court business. But he can't go. He's left someone in the lurch. Oh, my goodness. Where's the judge stopping in New York? Well, he hasn't decided. He's going to let me know. Uh, what's the trouble? He's left an innocent man here in jail. Oh, that's what all you lawyers say. Oh. Goodbye. Marge, Leroy, what are we going to do? Poor Uncle Mort. Yeah, poor Uncle Mort. Darling, you and I know the reason why I'm going to get out of this jail by and by. Oh, stop it, stop it, Throckmorton, stop it. That's all you've been doing all day long. What are you so cheerful about? You'll soon see, Spud. I'll be out of here quicker and you can walk across this cell. Yeah, well, cut out that singing. I'm punished enough without that. Yes. I can't help it. I'm so happy about leaving this place. I've just got to sing. Darling, you and I... You know... Hey, Gildersleeve. Huh? You got a visitor. Oh, <laughs> you see, Spud? What did I tell you? <laughs> Thank you, Deputy. Darling, you and I know the reason why I'm such a happy guy. 
Oh, well, hello, Bertie. I'm glad to see you. Uh, where is everybody? They were afraid to come down, Mr. Gill, please. It's afraid? What were they afraid of? Afraid of you. They sent me down to break the bad news. What bad news? Judge Hooker done forgot all about you and went to New York for a week. What? Yes, sir. I told you something bad was going to happen. He can't do this to me. Bertie, did you ring me a habeas corpus? I'm sorry, Mr. Gillsleeve. All I brought you was a roast chicken. I don't want a roast chicken. I would... Hey, I do want a roast chicken. Where is it? The man at the door, he done took it away from me. Why, that petty chiseler. But I don't think he's going to enjoy eating it. Why not? (laughs) I stuffed it with some little sauce, some fives, and a little gun. send you to solitary. Uh, let him send me to any place. As long as it's out of here. You know, you're the screwiest cellmate I ever roomed with, Funky. Yeah? The other prisoners are circulating a petition demanding your removal. Oh. Now, why don't you just sit down like a good little fella and write another letter to the newspaper? No. I've been framed and double-crossed. And they were going to name a statue after me in a memorial park. I'm really a member of the Clean Government Association. Well, you certainly don't act like it. Huh? In the past three days, you've tried to set the cell on fire four times. Yeah. And the rest of the time, you're either trying to bribe the guards or you're organizing a jailbreak. Gildersleeve, you ain't playing the game. <laughs> I don't want to play any games. I just want to play the anvil course on a certain judge's head with a baseball bat. All right, Gildersleeve, get your things. You're leaving. Uh, leaving, I am? Oh, I can hardly believe that. <laughs> oh, this makes me very happy. Uh, that makes it unanimous. Oh, hey, goodbye, Spud. Ah! <laughs> uh, try, try to keep out of mischief from now on, Spud. Well, goodbye, boys. Uh, behave yourselves. Get out of here, bum! Yeah, glad to, <laughs> bum. Uncle <laughs> Moore, you're free. Oh, hello, children. Uh, hello, Ted. Hello, Hooker. Hello. Well, it took you long enough to get me out of here. How guilty it was all a mistake. Uh, let's not discuss it here. Shall we go? Yes. But first, I want to ask you two great civic leaders a question. Where did you get your phony information? From a fortune teller? It wasn't phony. And why did you have to yell your head off about our investigation? It's all over town now. What difference does that make now, Hooker? There's nothing to prosecute here. The jail is escape-proof. I found that out. And from what I saw, it's run on the level, too. Of course it is. I knew that all along. Then why in the name of common sense did you send me here? That's just it. We didn't tell you to come here, Gildersleeve. What? No, this is the county jail. We told you to go to the city jail. Oh, my goodness. Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. But right now, I wonder how many of you housewives baked a cake or some cookies yesterday for your Sunday dinner today. A lot of you did, I'm sure, because there's just nothing like that real home-baked flavor. Well, here's a hint for the next time you bake. For luscious extra flavor in cookies, cakes, or pastries, use delicious parquet margarine for the shortening. You see, parquet margarine is a genuine flavor shortening, not just a bland, tasteless fat. Yes, the same delicious flavor that makes parquet grand for table use makes it marvelous for baking, too. And that's why so many women also use parquet margarine for seasoning hot vegetables and for pan frying. But whether you use parquet margarine at the table, for seasoning, for baking, or for pan frying, you're adding valuable nourishment to your family's diet. And every pound of parquet contains 9,000 units of vitamin A. And remember, good as parquet tastes and nourishing as it is, Parquet is so economical, you can use all you want. So why not join the thousands of Parquet users and order a pound or two tomorrow? Just ask for Parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. It's the margarine that's made by Kraft.
Uh, hello? Throckmorton? Uh, yes? Uh, Throckmorton, this is Spud. I, I just phoned to tell you I gave you a bum steer. Uh, you did, Spud? How? Well, somebody did escape out of that cooler. Uh, they did? Who? Me. So long, Throcky. Uh, Spud! Uh, Spud! You're not playing the game. Good night. <laughs> music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at the same time for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as The Great Gildersleeve. Gildersleeve is brought to you each Wednesday night by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of parquet margarine and all those other wonderful Kraft quality foods. The next time you shop for margarine, remember this. The margarine that millions prefer because it tastes so good is parquet margarine made by Kraft. And the reason parquet tastes so good is that it's always fresh. If you live where colored margarine is sold you'll want to get that wonderful yellow parquet that comes already colored and ready to serve in its new flavor saver aluminum foil wrap. Each golden quarter pound is individually wrapped in parchment-lined aluminum foil, a flavor saver foil that seals freshness and goodness in, keeps odors and staleness out, and so easy to serve. No mixing, no bother. In other states, you get the same wonderful parquet taste and freshness in the handy Color Quick bag or regular parquet package. So don't wait. Get the margarine that tastes so good at your grocer's tomorrow. Get P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. Well, let's see what's doing with the great Gildersleeve. It's election day in Summerfield, Rumson Bullard versus Terwilliger for mayor. And being a party who is vitally interested in the outcome, our water commissioner is up bright and early. Oh, what an exciting day. No matter how the election goes, I can't lose. <laughs> Good morning, Unky. Good morning, Marjorie. Hi, Unky. Hello, Leroy. Hey, where's Bertie? What's with breakfast? Well, it'll be a little late. Bertie went to the polls. Oh, isn't Bertie wonderful? She's always the first one to vote. How can she vote on an empty stomach? <laughs> <laughs> you children want to help me until Bertie comes back? Well, what can we do, Anki? Well, I bought this box of cigars from Peavy to pass out to the voters. You can help me put campaign bands on the cigars. Cigars on an empty stomach? Leroy, get busy. Okay. Wonder how these would be with sugar and cream. <laughs> these campaign bands are awfully cute, Uncle Mort. Yeah, thank you, Marjorie. Your old uncle's idea. I want to spread these around today. Vote for Bullard for me. How can anybody vote for Bullard on an empty stomach? Careful, <laughs> Leroy. Our neighbor is going to be the next mayor. You certainly are working hard for Mr. Bullard, Unky. Well, if he's elected, he says I'm going to be his water commissioner. And I think a man with such good judgment deserves to be elected. Mayor Terwilliger gets re-elected. Well, we're on good terms again. If he's re-elected, I'll still be in office. What an operator. Unky, <laughs> aren't you taking an awful chance passing out those vote for Bullard cigars? Yeah, that's not being fair to Mayor Terwilliger. Leroy, I'm being fair. How? Yesterday, I passed out two Williger buttons. Unky, <laughs> you can't support both candidates. Well, Marjorie, I have a little family to think of. In politics, you have to straddle the fence while keeping both ears to the ground. <laughs> and that's hard to do. It is for a fat man. Leroy, hand me some more cigars. Okay. Hey, who's at the door? Uh, it must be Bertie. She probably forgot her key. Well, at least I got all these cigars banded before breakfast. Good morning, Gildersleeve. Well, Mayor Terwilliger. I didn't expect to see you here. Well, I wanted to be sure that all you city hall boys are campaigning today. Campaigning? Oh, yes. If we want to stay in office, we'll have to work as hard as we did in the last election. You, well, Mr. Mayor, you might say I'm working twice as hard as I did in the last election. 
<laughs> well, good for you, Gildersleeve. Uh, say, are those cigars in your hand? Yeah, I still have those in my hand. I, I enjoy a good cigar, Gildersleeve. You, you wouldn't enjoy these. <laughs> Gildersleeve, let's see those cigars. Yeah, but... Bullet for mayor! Is that what it says? Gildersleeve, what are you trying to do to me? Now, Mr. Mayor, let me explain. There's nothing to explain. Gildersleeve, when I'm re-elected, you can clean out your desk. Yeah, but... Clean out tomorrow morning. Early. But... Oh! He slammed the door. Right on the cigars. <laughs> well, that does it. I choose to support Bullard. What a character. Yeah, that stuffy mayor. I don't have to depend on him for a living. I'll depend on Bullard. You'll be elected anyway. Sure. Miss I'm home. Oh, all right, Bertie. I'll call the children and we'll have breakfast. Yes, sir. Mr. Gillsleeve, you sure are a lucky man. What's this, Bertie? Didn't I see the man just leaving here? Well, yes. You sure are lucky to be close to him. He's got it in the bag. You? How can you tell? I was talking to the early birds around the poles, and the early birds all seem to be voting for Matthew Williger. He's got it in the bag. You been Bertie? Yes, sir. You sure are lucky, because the early birds are voting for Matthew Williger. He's got it in the bag. Please. Mr. Gillsleeve, you know why you're so lucky? Bertie. That's right, because all the early birds are voting for Matthew Williger. He's got it in the bag. I wonder if those early birds could elect that worm. Yeah, Bullard's got to be elected. All right, George, I'll smoke out some voters with these cigars. I'll start with Floyd. He may even leave a few cigars in his barbershop for the customers. Hello, Floyd. Hi, Commish. Did you come in on election day to get clipped? <laughs> I just dropped in to leave you a few cigars. Yeah? What's the catch? No catch. <laughs> of course, the cigar does suggest you vote for somebody. Vote for who? White Owl? No, Floyd. Well, now it'd make a better mayor than anybody that's running. No, Floyd Bullard is a fine man. Oh, yeah? All he'll do when he gets in is feather his nest. Why not let an owl do it? Lloyd, please be serious for a minute. Commissioner, you're wasting your breath. I ain't even voting this time. Not voting? Why? Well, Lovey and me don't see eye to eye in politics. We just cancel each other's vote. She finds out how I'm voting, and she votes the other way. But, Floyd, she doesn't have to know how you're voting. We use the Australian secret ballot. Commissioner, you don't know Lovey. I couldn't keep a secret from her if I was in Australia. <laughs> Floyd, you've got the wrong idea. Every citizen should vote. You're a very privileged person. I am? Absolutely. In a lot of countries, nobody can vote. You don't exercise your right to vote, someday they may take it away from you. They wouldn't dare. I'd take it to the Supreme Court. <laughs> well, if we don't vote and protect our democratic way of life, someday there may not be a Supreme Court. Are you kidding? It's getting bigger all the time. <laughs> all right, Floyd. But when people give up their voice in government, they're headed for slavery. Say, uh, I've been reading about that. This is a free country, and every citizen should vote for the man of his choice. Commish, you convinced me. I'm going to vote. Fine. Have a Bullard cigar. I can't take it. Do I? I'm voting for Terwilliga. But Floyd... Like you say, this is a free country. You're over. I <laughs> stop worrying, Commish. I'm only kidding. I'll go down and vote for Bullard. You will? Out of friendship for you. I know you wouldn't be stumping so hard for him if your job didn't depend on it. You will. And just to show what kind of a pal I am, I'll get another vote for you. You how, Floyd? I'll tell my wife I'm voting for Terwilliger, then she'll vote for Bullard. (laughs) (laughs) Floyd, you're true blue. Sleeve, you're doing all right. You've already picked up two votes this morning. Now I'll see what I can do with Peavy. It's pretty hard to get him to take sides on anything. But he's true glue, too. He'll help me out. <laughs> 
Good old Peavy. Hello, Peavy. Oh, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> what can I do for you this morning? Well, I want to have a little talk with you, Peavy. Very well. Do you mind if I go ahead with my work? No, go right ahead. What are you doing? I'm putting up a display of jack-o'-lanterns. Jack-o'-lanterns? Peavy, Halloween is over? I know that. This is a special on jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> you care to buy one, Mr. Gildersleeve? No, thanks, Peavy. What a time to sell Halloween stuff. Well, I'm just trying to get my jack out of the old lanterns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was a little witticism, Mr. Gildersleeve. Jack, old lantern. Yeah, I know, Peavy. He's in a good mood. Now I'll twist his arm. Uh, Peavy, you and I have a lot of fun together, don't we? Well, yes. We've been pretty good friends down through the years, haven't we? Mm, yes. So if I ask you to vote for Buller today, you will, won't you? Well, no. <laughs> Peavy, you mean you're voting for Terwilliger? I didn't say that. Oh, then you are voting for Buller. I didn't say that either. Oh, for what an enigma. How's that? Nothing, Peavy. Here comes the judge. I'll bet he's voting for Bullard. Good morning, gentlemen. Well, hello, Judge. Hello, Horace. Well, Gildy, are you on your way to the polls to stuff the ballot box with your big fat vote? <laughs> I haven't had a chance to vote yet, Judge. I'm too busy campaigning for Bullard. Bullard? You're already in office. Don't you want to stay there? You bet. That's why I'm pulling for Bullard. He's doing a lot of pushing, too. <laughs> Judge, you vote for me and Bullard, won't you? Well, I hadn't planned to. But, Gildy, old friend, if it means so much to you, I'll cast my vote for Rumson Bullard. Great, Judge. You're true blue. My, my. <laughs> now, Peavy, how about you? Mr. Gildersleeve, I don't consider Mr. Bullard a proper man for mayor. Well, I hate to bring this up, but you're a little obligated to vote for Bullard. I bought his campaign cigars from you, Peavy. That sort of makes you four Bullard. Have you smoked one of them? <laughs> no, but I'm giving them to all Look, my... gentlemen, a parade. Bullard for mayor. Say, that's the band we hired. I wonder whose money they're spending. Uh, nice and loud. That should get a lot of votes. Except I don't think we have enough brass. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Peavy, come on, Judge. Let's join the parade. Great Gildersleeve will be back in just a moment. It's fresh. Fresh. Really fresh. Fresh. Always fresh. Fresh. That's why it tastes so good. It's parquet margarine made by Kraft. Year in and year out, millions of people buy parquet margarine for one big reason. It tastes so good. It's delicious as a spread, a seasoning, a flavor shortening, because it adds its own delicious flavor to every food it's used with. Yes, parquet is the margarine that tastes so good. And the reason it tastes so good is because it's always fresh. If you live where colored margarine is sold, look for yellow parquet, that good-tasting, fresh-tasting margarine that comes already colored, ready to serve, in the new Flavor Saver package. Each golden quarter pound is individually wrapped in Flavor Saver aluminum foil. Elsewhere, get parquet in the Color Quick bag or regular package. In any package... Parquet is the margarine that tastes so good because it's fresh. Fresh. Really fresh. Fresh. Always fresh. Fresh. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y, Parquet Margarine, made by Kraft. Let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. It's high noon on election day, and the water commissioner is in high spirits. Why, George, I've picked up a lot of votes for our side. I think I'll call headquarters and let Bullard know how indispensable his water commissioner is. Bullard for mayor, headquarters. Hey, Mr. Bullard, this is Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, your water commissioner. How are we doing? 
From all reports, Gildersleeve, we've overtaken Terwilliger's early lead. It's a landslide for me. It is? Well, good. We're in, huh? We can't lose. In fact, I'm giving a big victory luncheon at the Crystal Room in the Summerfield Hotel. Can you join us in ten minutes? Yeah, I can join you in ten seconds. Gildersleeve, I'm glad you got here before the others arrive. Well, Mr. Bullard, I move fast. I've covered a lot of territory for you this morning. I know, Gildersleeve, and you'll be rewarded. Uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, come on in. I want you to see the spread I've ordered. Yeah. Well, first time I've been in the crystal room. Nice crystal. You know what a lot of food. Oh, yes, yes, and this is just the beginning. Take a look at that sterling silver platter of hors d'oeuvres. Nice. Cheese, smoked oysters. What's this? Oh, that's caviar, Gildersleeve. Oh, eating a little high on the hog, aren't we, Mr. Bullard? <laughs> you don't know how close you are to being right. <laughs> Look in here. Well, a whole roast pig eating an apple. Yes, I had the pig flown in. Flown in? You're on the airline? Oh, no, no, I chartered a plane. Special plane for a pig? Isn't that a little expensive? Not for a good pig. <laughs> yes, but who's paying for all this? Oh, I'll send the bill to the city treasurer after I'm mayor. It isn't important. It's only money. It's only money. <laughs> well, that's right. I intend to make a number of changes when I'm in office, Gildersleeve. First of all, I'll buy a new city hall. A new city hall? What's wrong with the old one? It's so dirty. <laughs> And cars, Gildersleeve. Um, how many cars does the city own? How many cars? Well, there's one. One? A Hupmobile sedan. <laughs> the chief of police Gates has it. He locks the back doors and uses it for a patrol wagon. Oh, how revolting. I'll buy a fleet of new cars. Small cars for the small city employees, large cars for the large employees. Like the water commissioner. You say, that'll be fine. Yes, indeed. But what about the money? Oh, Gildersleeve, stop harping about money. I hate to talk about money. It's dirty. <laughs> if the treasury runs short, I'll simply raise the taxes. Raise taxes? Naturally. Don't you agree? Oh, yes. Sure. Of course. Good, good. I'm going to see that you do very well, Gildersleeve. Very well. Well, thank you. Excuse me. I'll open the door for the others. You're right, George. I'm doing all right. Merritt Williger never treated me like this. Gildersleeve, put that apple back in the pig's mouth. <laughs> what are you doing with it? Just polishing it. <laughs> so much I could hardly get back to the office. Before I go boat, I think I'll sit down a while and let the lunch settle. There's plenty of time before the polls close. I was solid with Bullard. He said I was going to do very well. I'll have a big car. Yeah, I'm sure Bullard is the man for the job. Still, he's getting pretty free with the voters' money. Flying pigs, new city hall, <laughs> raising taxes. Well, it's not my worry. Or is it? I wonder what it'll be like when Bullard is there. Yes, Bertie. What do you want for dinner tonight? Well, how about a roast pig stuffed with caviar? <laughs> yes, sir. One roast pig. Yeah, on second thought, Bertie, make it two pigs. Mayor Bullard gave me another raise today. Yes. Mr. Gilsey, where's Mayor Bullard getting all that money? You folks got an oil well down there at the city hall? <laughs> well, we have a good tax collector. Oh, then 
I'm the oil well. What's this, Bertie? I noticed my taxes have doubled. Well, the city has a big payroll now, Bertie. The administration has to support a lot of supporters. Yeah, I mean people. (laughs) Now, Bertie, don't worry. I'll give you another raise. That won't do me no good. Every time I get a raise, the tax collector raises me back. (laughs) Hmm. Bertie may have something there. Yeah, what is it, Leroy? I just made 30 cents selling papers. Well, good for you, my boy. What's so good about it? Where's my pork barrel piggy bank? In the pork barrel? You're right over there by Mr. Bullard's picture. Gosh, a little kid makes 30 cents selling papers and has to give 15 cents to the city. Oh, yes. The children are paying taxes now, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Strange, nobody thought of that before. Giving the kiddies pork barrel piggy banks to put their taxes in. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Leroy, but... Uh, poor little kid. Poor little... Little kid. Oh, doorbell. It must be the tax collector that come every day now, just like the milkman. <laughs> no, it's Mr. Peavy. He's not a tax collector. Well, I wouldn't say that. What's this, Peavy? Tax collecting is my new job. I lost my pharmacy, so I had to get on the city payroll. Peavy, how did you lose your drugstore? Mayor Bullard's civic improvement plan. He made me take it down. Oh? What's he going to build? A statue. A statue? Mayor Bullard wants to perpetuate the memory of our greatest civic leader. Who's that? Mayor Bullard. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I wonder if he isn't going too far. Yes, Marjorie. It's Collector Peavy. Oh, hello, Mr. Peavy. Here's Bronco's weekly paycheck. Very well. And here's your change. Fifty, seventy-five, eighty-five, eighty-six, eighty-seven cents. Marjorie, is that all you get back? Isn't it terrible, Uncle? How will Bronco and I ever live on that? And we have the baby coming. Baby coming, you say? Well, Mayor Bullard will be glad to hear that. He'll want to send the youngster a pork barrel piggy bank. Hear that, Bullard? I don't think he's giving the taxpayers a fair shake. He's giving us a shake, all right. A shake down. Judge Hooker, what are you doing here? I want to tell you a few things, Gildy. You talked me into voting for Bullard. You're to blame. Yeah, you're to blame. Troy, you here too? You talked me and my wife into voting for Bullard. You're to blame. You've been fellows. I can't make payments on my car, Gildy. You're to blame. You judge. I can't pay the rent. You're to blame. You Floyd. Excuse me, I can't buy shoes. You're to blame. You but Bert. I can't keep a nickel. You're to blame. But you... We can't support a baby. You're to blame. Please wait a minute. You're to blame. 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 No, 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 no. What happened? Oh, I tipped over in my chair. Must have fallen asleep. What an awful dream. Well, I'm not asleep any longer about that Bullard. Now I see what kind of a mayor he'd make. And if he's elected, I'll be to blame. I've got to run out and tell all my friends not to vote for him. Wait a minute. I slept longer than I thought. The polls close in five minutes. They've already voted. Oh, Gildersleeve, you bungled this. Well, there's only one thing to do. I'm going to make my one vote count. Nice of you to come down with me this morning, Leroy. Help me clean out my desk. Oh, it's nothing, Unc. Gosh, look at all the papers. You must have been a very important man. Yeah, I must have been. The election was plenty close. To Williger just made it. Yeah. Gosh, maybe if just one guy had switched his vote to Bullard, you might still be in office. Uh, Leroy. Yeah, Unc? When you're old enough to vote, always vote for the best man. I will. Unc, who do you think was the best man this time? Mayor Terwilliger, Leroy. Yeah? Then that's who you voted for. Maybe it was your vote that... Gee. Here, my boy. Take these papers out and burn them. Okay. 
Do you want me to burn these old Bullard Vermeer cigars? No, I better save them. When Marjorie's baby comes, I may not be able to afford any. <laughs> I can change the band to It's a Boy. Yeah. Hey, Unc, if you voted for Mayor Terwilliger, why don't you tell him? You'd never believe it, Leroy. No, I guess he wouldn't. Well, I lost my job, but by George, I can hold my head up. Cleaning out my desk isn't as hard as I thought it would be. Well, good morning, Gildersleeve. Oh, good morning, Matt Williger. Cleaning out your desk, I see. Well, that's what you told me to do. Well, Gildersleeve, I won the election. Aren't you going to uh, congratulate me? Offer me one of your uh, bullet for mayor cigars? Oh, yes. Have one. It'd take two. Well, thank you, Gildersleeve. <laughs> good cigar. You're glad you like it. Mm-hmm. sleeve! It exploded! Oh, my goodness. sleeve! how dare you give me a loaded cigar? Loaded? But, Mr. Mayor, it was just like the rest of them. You, I mean... You mean all those bullet for Mayor cigars were loaded? Well, I... Oh, now I'm beginning to understand. <laughs> sleeve! why didn't you tell me what you were up to? <laughs> what did I tell you what I was up to? <laughs> out loaded cigars with my opponent's name on them. Why, that's the most sensational campaign idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Gildersleeve, put that stuff back in your desk. You're still my water commissioner. I <laughs> am? Well, thank you, Your Honor. Good old Peavy. He knew Bullard shouldn't be mayor, so he sold me loaded cigars. Uh, what are you mumbling about, Gildersleeve? Yeah, nothing, nothing, Mr. Mayor. May I take the other loaded cigar? You're not going to smoke it. Oh, no. I thought I'd give it to Mr. Bullard. He'll get a bang out of it. (laughs) You'll hear from the great Gildersleeve again in just a moment. Fresh-tasting margarine is the best-tasting margarine. So when you shop, get Parquet, the margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh. Where colored margarine is sold, get yellow Parquet, already colored and ready to serve in its wonderful new Flavor Saver aluminum foil wrap. Elsewhere, get the handy Color Quick bag or regular package. Parquet, remember, is the margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine made by Kraft. Uh, it's been a fine day. Good old Twilliger back in office. And I'm back in water. Here comes Bullard. What will I say to him? Hello, Bullard. Hello, Gildersleeve. Nice day. It is? No need to be angry, Bullard. About the election, I mean. I'm not angry. Good. However, there is one thing I should like to say, Gildersleeve. Oh? You are a nincompoop. What? (laughs) And a boneheaded jackass. (laughs) And if I were mayor, I'd not only throw you out of the water department, I'd run you out of town! You see what nearly happened to me, folks? Don't let it happen to you. Go to the polls and vote. Good night, Bullard. (laughs) Bum sport. (laughs) Good night, folks. Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Robert Armbruster. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Stan Farrar, Earl Ross, and Richard LeGrand. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 